Greetings. Thank you for listening to the Berlin Church of Christ podcast. morning ladies and gentlemen before i begin this sermon shall we please bow down heads and have a word of prayer dear lord we thank you for this life given us today thank you for the opportunity to listen to your word father i have no message this morning but you do please speak through me and let us be edified by your word in jesus name amen this morning we are going to talk about another important theme of the Bible, and that is faith. Faith. Faith is one of the major themes of the Holy Bible. Everyone has faith, actually. The Muslim, the Christian, and even the atheists, they have faith. Some have faith in their intellectual abilities. Others have faith in their connections, their skills, their friends, their family, and even themselves. But the question is, where is your faith anchored? Now, why your faith is anchored is very important because sooner or later, the storms of life will begin to blow and then we will see whether or not the anchor of your faith will hold. As Christians, we are joined by the Bible to put our faith in God. So then what is faith? What then is faith? When we talk about faith, what is faith? The Bible gives us an answer. Shall we please turn our Bibles to Hebrews 11, 1. Hebrews chapter 11. One. If you get there before me, can you read? Hebrews 11. Gives now us faith a is the of things hoped for. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Thank you, brother. It says, this the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here faith is described in a twofold way. It is described as a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The word substance here literally means to stand under or to support. So we say faith is therefore the foundation that gives the believer the confidence to stand Faith is the confidence of things hoped for. True faith is simply obedience to God and believing God's word is part of circumstances or consequences. Faith sees beyond the evidence of our five senses. Now, as human, there's always a, a saying that seeing is believing. That is not how faith operates. That once you don't smell it, you don't believe that that smell is there. Or once you don't see it, you don't say it exists. 
or ones you don't hear. That is not faith. Faith sees beyond the evidence of the five senses as we operate with as human. Well, to understand faith better, let's look at the opposite of faith. And that is reliance on our five senses. And here we are going to look at the story of Thomas. Can you turn with me your Bible to the book of John, chapter 20, verses 24 to 29. The story of Thomas. John 20, 24 to 29. If you get there before me, can you read? Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands and print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, and do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered, Amen. And said to I'll go on, please. Let's finish. Continue. Shall I okay. continue? So, yes, please. Uh, okay, you, it's okay. Let me uh, continue with the sermon and then we'll come to the, the Bible verse again. So, what do we see here? We see Thomas, who, of course, witnessed some of the miracles of Jesus. And um, what happened? Thomas wanted to see, he wanted to apply the five senses before he believed that Jesus had indeed risen from the death. For Thomas, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, telling them of his intended death and his actual resurrection was not enough. All the signs and wonders Jesus did was not enough for him to believe that his word is true. He still needed evidence with his senses, and that is not faith. So faith operates the other way around, not relying on our senses. And as Hebrews just explained to us. So what did Jesus do after Thomas doubting? I mean, that's why there's this word, doubting Thomas. Now, Jesus pronounced a blessing on those who believe without seeing. That is, those who had faith in him. And so... Faith is believing without seeing. Do not wait till you see the evidence before you put your trust in him and his word. Faith is believing that God is going to take you places before you even get there. Faith is not judging by externals. Now, our feelings should be large or actually added last reliable indicator of God's workings. Your feelings do not fit the power of God. That once you don't feel it, you don't see it, your senses do not tell you that this is possible to happen, 
is not going to be there. No, that is not what faith works. In fact, when we read the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 24, it says, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you have them. Now, this is not the application of the senses. You, you prayed, you asked, and all you need is just to believe that you receive them and you will certainly have them. So believe in God because he's God. Believing that his word is true because what that is what God says, and that is faith. So this morning, let us not rely on our five senses, no matter the situations that we go through. No matter how difficult the situation may be. Mark says, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now to understand faith, let's look at some of the biblical figures that applied faith. Let's look at the results that came to their life. So faith in action. We're gonna have the first example of uh, the woman with the flow of blood. And that, can uh, turn with me the Bible to the book of Mark? Chapter 5, we're going to read from verses 25 to 34. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 24. If you get before me, can you read? Yeah, we're going to look at how a woman who had a problem, and that was a flow of blood, how her faith gave her healing. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched, and touched his garment. For, he, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of a of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you, who touched me? And you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has come, has made you well. Go in peace and be healed for your affliction. Amen. Now, Amen. isn't this wonderful? I mean, let's look at the reaction of the disciples of Jesus when he asked who touched him. Guess what might have been going through their minds? I mean, what's happened to our master? I mean, hey, this is a multitude of people. How can we know who touched you? A lot of people touched you. But obviously, Jesus knew that a lot of people touched him, but he was referring to that particular touch by a person in a special way that is with faith. Jesus felt in him that some power had departed from him. And that was because someone touched him with faith. 
Now, many of the people that all the people who touch Jesus that day certainly had problems. I guess some might have sickness, some might have more problems, problems, name them. They all touched Jesus just like the woman did. But their problems still existed. Why? Because they wasted that opportunity. They wasted it. For some of them, they thought, well, all we needed was to get his actual attention. And then that is when he could actually solve our problem for us. All we needed was to talk to him. All we needed was perhaps that he lays his hands on us. He commands like he did command the storms. But this woman said, well, I know there are a lot of people around here. I can't risk, you know, going through all these people just to get his attention. But I believe, I have faith in me that just the touch of his clothes is enough to get me healed. And that is what the Bible says actually happened to her. She got healed. So this woman's faith taught her that just a touch of the clothes of Jesus was all she needed. And that is what we refer to as faith. So this morning, I would like to tell you not to waste the opportunity Christ has given us as Christians. Do not underestimate the power of God. The power of the God we serve. Put your faith in Him and you will never be disappointed. Talk to Him. The only if you like, then you need here. The only secret is just the faith. Don't touch Jesus just like the multitude did, but touch Jesus just like this woman did with faith. And you will certainly get healed. Your problems will certainly go away. Whatever situation you may go through will certainly go away. Now let's look at another example of faith in action. Someone who's was also demonstrated in the Bible, and let's see what happens. And this time we are going to look at another interesting figure in the Bible, and that is Peter. We're going to look at Peter's faith and doubts. And um, that is recorded in the book of John, chapter 6, verses 24 to 29. If you get it before me, can you read the book of John, chapter 6, verses 24 to 29. If we're going to look at one of Jesus' disciples, his faith and doubts. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, what sign you will perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave, he gave them 
bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Moses, as surely I say, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you never seen me, you have never seen me, yet do not believe. All the okay, brother, thank you for that. I think, yeah, thank you for the, the reading. Um, what I'm actually looking for is the the Bible verse that was read to us uh, as the English uh, New Testament reading, and that is from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 20 to 32. Matthew 14, 22 to 32. And that's where we find the story of Peter. His faith and his doubt at this play here. Matthew was uh, chapter 14, verse 13. Verse, verse 22. 22 14. to 32. Okay. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he said to the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain to himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth, fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus took, spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come, out, come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water and go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Though Amen. Thank you, brother, for the reading. Uh, please end here for me. So now, what do we see here? Peter requested that if it's indeed Jesus, who is the one they see as ghosts, he should be allowed to also walk on the sea as Jesus was doing. When Jesus granted Peter's request to walk on the, on the water, initially he afraid. So what do we see? He said, walk on the water. But later, when he took his attention and he took his faith from Christ and focused on the storm, he began to sink. This is applicable in our lives. When we focus on the worldly thing, when we take our attention from Christ and focus on the storms of our lives, we focus on how big our problems are. We focus on the pain that the troubles we are going through is giving us. 
will sink. The pain, the troubles will overcome us. We are in a special situation, if you like. We are in the difficult times of our lives yeah, with COVID. And sometimes we focus on that. We look at how COVID is killing people, even persons we know. How indeed we lost our job or our income reduced because of COVID, how that pain feels, how long we are in a particular problem. And then we begin to be overtaken by these problems. Take our mind of Jesus. We take our mind of God. We take mind of the word of God. And then all these problems begin to eat us up. And we begin to sink. We forget that Jesus told us, like Peter, to come to him, to trust him, and cast our burdens onto him, for he cares for us. It was Peter who requested, and Jesus granted that request. And Jesus said, Come. Peter should have remembered that Jesus is dealing with. The Jesus who performed the Jesus who is the Son of God. Well, initially he did, and then everything was good. Then he decided to focus on something else. Now, this morning, what God is telling us is that let us not take our focus from him. Let us not look elsewhere, but only focus on him. Because when we focus on our troubles, we forget what Mark eleven twenty four and Matthew 21, 21 says. Shall we read Matthew 21, 21? The book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse number 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things Amen. you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Amen. Amen. Now, these and many more are the promises the Bible gives us. But when we focus our attention on the problems of the world, we forget these, and our faith is taken out of Christ to somewhere else. But the good news is that it's never changed once we are alive. When we call on Jesus, like Peter did, he will hold our hands, Peter, and take our troubles away from us. Mentally, I focus more on COVID and Christ, and you become what you focus. Yes, you become the focus of faith. God is using focus uh, to using COVID to teach us not to rely on these temporal things of the world. Some are trusting in their money and power, but COVID has shown us that these all have short shortfalls. Presidents are being affected. Rich people are being affected. The poor is dying. The rich dying. So this tells us to put our faith in God. Now let's look at another example of uh, faith in action and that Abel, how Abel displayed faith. And we looked at from Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. The book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, 
through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being de dead still speaks. Amen. Amen. Now by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. Abel understood intuitively how to give an acceptable sacrifice. Why? Because he had faith. So these are but few examples that we can learn from the Bible concerning faith in action. Now, before I bring my sermon to a close, let me share with you three ways to grow your faith. Three ways to grow your faith. And the first one is feed your faith with the word of God. Feed your faith with the word of God. Now, when we read the book of Romans 10, 17, it tells us that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Now, the same also is said uh, in the book of Psalms 119, verse 11. We shall read that. Shall we kindly turn our Bibles to Psalm 119, verse 11? You get it before we can read it. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. Now it is only when you read the word of God, then will you know who God is, how powerful he is, and his promises to his children. And what this does is that it strengthens your faith in him and your faith grows. So the first way is to feed your faith with the word of God. Now the second way is to exercise your faith by actions. Exercise your faith by actions. Shall we turn our Bibles to the book of James chapter 2 verse 17. It tells us what faith without this is like. James 2 17. Thus, also by uh, so, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Yes, faith without works is dead. dead. And so, we need to put our faith in action, and that is what keeps our faith alive. How do you put your faith in action? The Bible has given us a lot of assurance as Christians. Your faith is tested when you get into situations of uncomfortability, when the world is telling you to forsake your God, just like such cause came to Job when Job was in trouble. Even his wife told him. So a lot of people will tell you, it's sometimes not a lot of people, but even your own mindset will tell you, oh, this is the quick way, this is the shortest way out of your troubles. Now you put your faith in action by relying on the word of God and resisting those temptations. And when you put your faith into action, it reinforces your faith and leads you to growth. Now the third way of growing your faith is to share your faith with others. Share your faith with others. One cardinal principle in the Bible about giving is that the more you give, the more you get. And this principle is applicable also to sharing your faith. The more you give, the more you get. Shall we turn our Bibles to the book of Philemon 
chapter 1, verse 6. Philemon 1, 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effectively by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And that is how you share your faith. And even the book of First Chronicles 16 gives us even more elaborations as to how to share your faith. The book of First Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 8 to 9. The book of First Chronicles 16, 8 to 9. you get there before me, can I read it? 16 verse 16 verses 8 to 9. 8 to 9. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on you shall have wars. Okay. Um, that is actually not what I'm looking for. I would for sure find out and then uh, bring that verse out. But the principle yeah. of giving is applicable to faith. And here, here, when you give, you get. When you give your faith out, when you share your faith out, you get that faith back. Because that is a principle that is applicable to any form of giving. And even for sharing your faith, the advantage is that um, it gives you the opportunity to put your faith in action. Tell people about what you believe in. Propagate the gospel. Tell people about the God that you have your faith in, how that faith has done to your life, your own life examples. It not only reinforces your faith, brings other people to Christ, and now these people together joins you, and then your faith is strengthened. One beautiful thing of belonging to a church is that we edify each other. When you see your brother going in a wrongful way, you go to him and approach him. The same way the brother also approaches you. Now, if you are alone, you don't get that opportunity. So when you share the faith, bring more people to the faith, you get a lot of people to join the family of God and other people to edify each other and to strengthen each other. And then we grow together. To bring my sermon into conclusion, I ask the question again, where is your faith anchored? Let your faith be anchored in Christ because that is the surest way to eternal life. Do not put your faith in the things of the world. Do not put your faith in your own understanding. Don't rely on your abilities. Don't think you have connections. Don't think you've studied so much and that that is enough for you. Some people rely on science. Of course, COVID has shown us that science is not a solution to our problems. 
And so this morning, the Bible is telling us to put our faith in Christ and in Christ alone. For that is what assures us of eternal life. Now, I end my sermon by reading from the book of 1 Peter, verses 1 to 4, verses 1, 4 to 5. I will start from verse 3, 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and unified, and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. May the God Almighty strengthen our faith in Him, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening, and blessings from us to you.